Hey everybody, just a quick announcement. We are now part of the Educated Mess Network, a network dedicated to educating about very specific topics. There you can check out our buddies Ryan, Josh, and Greg on their podcast Rumor Flies, where they do sort of a Mythbusters type thing and deep dive into common misconceptions to see if they are truth or lie. And then you can also check out Jack of All Trades and the wonderful podcast, Everything But Murder. So please head over to the Educated Mess Network. The link will be in the episode description, and you can check us out on our new network. Thank you. Hey guys, as always, the Psy Character Podcasts are not experts. These are just our own personal opinions and experiences. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Side Characters Podcast, a podcast about diversity and nerd culture. I'm Jordan. And I'm Leah. This is a fun... Okay, so we have like a super serious episodes like um, other, other guys, nice guys, and we have our other stuff. Leah's waving the white flag for some reason. What? You're, you're waving a white flag. Oh. I but anyways, <laughs> yeah, but but we have our like y- y- super serious episodes, episodes where I get really annoyed and stuff and like upset at the state of the world. But this isn't going to be one of us. We're both again loopy as hell as we enter this um new you discussion. Didn't ask me how I was. I'm going to. Are okay, you kidding me? <laughs> you know, I did radio, so I do this thing where I <laughs> intro the show, and I know this, and I know exactly you what I'm going to say. Win, and then, and then you're like. That, Fucking ask me how I am. Jordan, ask me how I am. Leah? Yes. How are you? Hey, guess what? I'm the last member of my house who hasn't gotten COVID. Don't leave that room. Do not leave your room for anything. Keep keep sanitizer sprays at like use them like weapons. Do not leave that room. <laughs> so I'm the last person standing, knock on wood. Um and <laughs> Or I'm the unwitting asymptomatic. Who knows which? Um, (laughs) Either I'm God or the devil. Who knows? (laughs) Also, I've been working all today, and I thought I was going to be the loopy one, but I think it's both of us. Yeah, because we had a weird, like, scheduling mishap that happened. Like, it's neither of our faults, but it's everybody's fault. (laughs) It's everybody's fault that (laughs) scheduling is so bad. It's so bad. all, All around bad, and I feel, I just feel... Very, very, very sad that scheduling. Yeah. But tomorrow, we'll hang out tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Fine. No, okay. Great. This week, we wanted to take a small break, and we are going to end our um, like second season that we've been doing. So, I mean, Woo. as you notice, we had a very specific set of episodes we wanted to cover over the season. And today is the last episode of that, the last of the 10 episodes of that season. Um, we will be taking a quick hiatus as we take the time to kind of reorganize and um, talk through what we're going to be doing for next season. And I'll do a little bit more information about that at the end of the episode. But during the hiatus, Leah, you're going to be doing something special. I am. I am finally. The thing that has been on hold for two and a half years now. Right. <laughs> I'm finally going to Japan to do my field work. Leah for is my PhD. Going to the place 
that I have wanted to go to since I was a tiny child. And I'm so excited for her. I am so, so pumped. And Leah's like, oh, yeah, it's like, I'm going to do this and this. Like, do everything you can and take as many pictures as you can so I can live vicariously through you. Because I'm so, so happy that you're finally getting to go. Yep. It's also been a shit show trying to get into Japan. As people might realize, because many of the people who probably watch the show maybe think about going to Japan and realize that it's not open to tourists currently, which means that we're under a business visa and it's a whole shit show. Yeah. (laughs) But we're going. It's very exciting. It's part of the reason why we're ending season two or season two so that... Because there's no way we can get that time zone difference to work. We're already on a weird enough one as it is. Yeah, yeah. Twelve hour time zone difference. We would like we would have to be recording in the mornings for me, or the mornings for you. And neither of us want to do that. No. <laughs> neither neither of us can has the like mental capacity to re- re- record at seven in the morning. <laughs> Fuck no. I don't do that. I'll wake up then. <laughs> it's like yeah, yeah. Like that's like we could, but like. I would have to wake Jordan up at 7 could. on a Saturday. And I'm not waking up on 7 on a Saturday. Jordan could. He gets up for normal hours for an actual normal job. I don't. I don't do that. I'll brag about it. I'm an academic. Me. I make my own hours, which means I work too many of them. And I am. <laughs> that's why I was working on a Saturday. <laughs> and yeah. So you work so much, and you were working on Saturday. I'm like, hey, get your work done so you're not stressing. And that's why I said you could just do whatever, whatever. It's not my fault. Okay? It's not my fault. Hey. Hey. We are disgusted. that this is equal blame. Everybody, even the third party that you don't even know is to blame. Yeah. I'll even tell him. I'll tell him to his face. You're to blame. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Um, don't so, tell him why. Just say you're you're to blame. I, I was like, I won't even tell him. Yeah, like there's gonna be no other conversation. Like you're you're to blame for what? You know what? Yep. Okay, so we're ending this. We'll take at least another discussion episode. Um, kind of based off of things we've talked about before and things that I've mentioned before. But we are going to discuss the topic of romance in video games. Because <laughs> Leah's bread and butter. <laughs> yeah, Leah's more of a romance game, and it this comes up mostly posed by me because I have on many occasions talked about how romances in video games have made me feel, and I quote, weird and bad. So I, I wanted to kind of like talk this out with Leah and talk about like where my feelings are coming from and just just get the general idea of like romance and video games so i guess quick story of like kind of mostly where this comes from and i did have mentioned this on like 80 different episodes before but it basically comes from i played fire emblem four houses three houses four houses three houses fire emblem three houses i don't know four houses three houses 15 houses it's either 25 houses i'm gonna gonna look i'm pretty sure it's three houses fire two million houses it's it's, it's fire leah five billion houses wouldn't even make sense 
Fire Emblem Three Houses. It's like the freaking Harry Potter Hogwarts of Fire Emblem. And in it, which one, it's weird because you Ooh, are presented boring. as like a teacher character. You're teaching students. And like you can romance Ooh, the students. Gross. Like the only romance that's options gross. are students. Well, most of them. That's gross. Yeah. So the side, I mean, but they're all, it's everybody's of age. Every, it's like, it's like, it's more of a college thing than anything. But they're also. Yeah, no, that's still gross because the power dynamic. Yeah, I, Hello, I, I, that's I, I, a problem. I understand. I understand. Power inequalities. I, I understand. Okay. And the, but second, so second, but the thing is, you get to the romance options, and like most of in this game, how you um romance people is either talking or gift giving. And that happens in most of the games. It's like you romance someone through giving them the right gift, and they'll be like, ooh, I like you more because you just handed me this thing. And so it got to the end of the game where like I was pretty much gunning for like Okay, first of all, there was multiple people who wanted my character because I just always know the right thing to say. I I was the um <laughs> I, 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 I was the the um, as I quote the power lesbian on campus that everybody uh, loved. Um, even the dudes. Okay, I was gonna go for a more classical reference of Don Juan, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I was Don Gina, so <laughs> Don, Don Gina on campus, and everybody everybody wanted wanted me. But there was one romance that I was. For and then I got to the end. I was like, I chickened out of that romance option because it just felt so weird. Because it's like, I, I basically went through the motions in order to receive this relationship. I said the right things, I gave the right gifts, I went on the mission. I like this person was in love with me, and it just felt so weird. And so I chickened out of that and just did the typical relationship with like the main character dude because you know that's a thing that could happen. And I wanted to discuss, like, a lot of times in video games, I don't really go for romances because they do, to a point, feel weird to me. And at the end of this episode, I will give you um, kind of an anecdote of how I so hard with the opposite of a, the planned romance of the game. And it was hilarious. The results at the end were hilarious. But, yeah, so I kind of wanted to talk about that is, I guess quote-unquote, what are the issues that I see with romance in games? And then we can kind of talk through, it's like, are these issues? Are there good ways of doing these? Et cetera, et cetera. So, the issues that I see with romance in games is, like, it kind of... Can I give... Yeah, you can talk, talk, what? Thank you. Well, I just wanted to give a little context first, remind people, even though they already know, that for me, in video games and in life, I generally like romance. I consume a lot of romance. I would say that I am a romance connoisseur, if not expert. I tend to take in a lot of what? No, keep talking. Keep talking. The connoisseur expert was why I rolled my eyes at you. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what to... You know what? It's a bad... No, no, no. no. It's I, just, I, I, I imagined like a hair flip. I'm an expert. <laughs> He, I that's I said I don't okay I'm not an expert right You're, let's nix that no Leah sorry go You're go I just thought it myself. sounded I was saying it sounded pretentious not that you're wrong or anything it just sounded pretentious <laughs> I don't want to sound pretentious so I'm saying I'm not um but basically I read a lot of romance books I watch a lot of romance TV like a lot of it and I like video games that have romance that's the context i just wanted to give people is and then you got jordan who doesn't really like 
romance. It doesn't read romance. <laughs> and when it, when it doesn't com- intake romantic comics. When, it, when it comes to the type of media, you could say I am very close to being aromantic when it comes to the type of media mm. that I consume. Because it's like, I really don't... Mm. Like, not that I don't have a romantic side or don't like things that have romances in them it's just that's not what i seek out when it comes to my media i'm not like watching something to see a budding relationship if the budding relationship is something that happens in the media then sure that's cool i'll like be there for it i do have ships that i root for all the time but that's not why i come to media i'm not going to read a romance book the example i get is to describe jordan is that in high school i forced jordan to watch amelie because i really liked amelie and jordan loved did not want to watch it initially and then really liked it so that's the type of person like Jordan, he he wasn't, he didn't want to watch a romantic movie. He enjoyed the aesthetic appeal of it and thought it was a great movie. So thus, that's the type, like, yeah. he doesn't want to, like, but if yeah. he t- takes it and it's like, oh, it's good, it's yeah. good. Like, Leo will seek it out. I won't seek it out, but I will, and if if it's good and it's done well, I will enjoy it, but it's not something that I go out of my way for. It. Also, force feed him. He was a spoon. So I'm not really a seeker of romance, but I, I have a question for you, and I think this will probably like clear up the sheer difference in perspectives when it comes to this. Mm-hmm. In a game, when you are going for a romance option, do you actually like that character? And in the role-playing of the game, is your character actually trying to get a romance with that person, or is it just something you do specifically for the scenes or whatever? Not sure i i might need you to rephrase that one do you a okay bit. i didn't get a the romance end. do you like the character and or does your character that you are role-playing as like that character that you're going for in the romance option or are you doing specifically for the scenes or the fact that there's a romance in the game like is there a like oh i'm doing this because i do like this character and want to romance this character like role-playing wise what the romance is okay all right all right so one i think and I talked about this with a friend recently, that you conceive of how you play video games differently than how I play that's, video that's, games and how we conceive of characters, yeah. um, which we can get into. But the thing you're asking, I think, with this question is I often, when I play a video game that I know has a romance in it, I will look up who the romance options are and choose who I would like to romance beforehand. Um because that's the type of person I am. So, but and I have no people who do the same. But is it because you like that character, or is it just because it's in the game and you just want to have the room? Like, I don't I don't know anymore what I'm getting at with this. I guess it's just a question at this point. <laughs> I, um, uh, usually when I'm deciding, yes, I will look into what type of people they are and decide based on that. Okay. And that gets into how I that difference between how I play video games and how I conceive of characters in video games and how you do, which would you like me to get into that now? Or yeah, if you want, later? yeah, go for it. I don't care. Okay. So basically I was talking through with a friend about other things. Um, and particularly about the asexuality spectrum yeah. on that front. And we were talking about how you have expressed to me about how you conceive of characters and play video games versus how I conceive of video games and play characters. Particularly, I'm talking about the main character. Um, and 
you can correct me if you're wrong. If I'm no, wrong. No. If I'm wrong. <laughs> you can correct me if you're wrong. Correct me if you're wrong. <laughs> what a fucking sentence. Uh, <laughs> correct me if you're wrong. <laughs> um, but you've told me before that you put yourself, you like immerse yourself in the character. You are the character being played. Yeah. And I guess that's uh, more of what my question was kind of trying to get at. Because like, yeah, I... I it depends, but most of the times I am playing that character. Like, especially it's a character creator thing. I make character. that main yeah. character. I like that character is a reflection of me. And when there's like voice, there's um, choices and stuff, those are things that I would actually choose. So you would say that often the first character you make in a character creator is yourself. Two point, yes. Like, have you. Yeah, okay. So I don't do that. We get Black Jordan, like we get Tim Jordan sometimes. It happens. I, I don't, I next to never do okay. that. Okay. And that, yeah, that does create um, a sheer difference then. I don't really, so while I like get immersed in a mm-hmm. game, it's not really the game that's immersive to me, like being the main character. It's the story. It's similar. So like for me, playing video games is very similar to how I read books okay. or movies and take in a story like that. And my friend expressed the same thing too. So, and we so I'm uh, the crazy one. identify decently similarly, um, on romance and attraction romance and attraction we identify pretty similarly so we think it might be related a little bit to that but that's just anecdotal um and yeah so for me when i play a video game it's about that story that's being told i'm not the main character i never do main characters that look like me i usually make people who are like like either beautiful or unique or something like that something like that's a more an extension of maybe something i would like to be or that um fits an idea i have in a head of the character who is going to be played or that i'm going to role play as kind of more like a D character than my own character yeah. um and then i conceive of it the same way as reading a book i'm telling i'm watching a story unfold as i play the game and becoming immersed in how that story unfolds which i think is slightly different than how you said you operate through a game like for me i'm i play sometimes play games with guides that's fine for me because that's what i'm getting out of it is different so yeah and i think that a lot of this i mean we're doing this discussion just right up top like a lot of this is just we're talking and i think that will kind of skew the way that this discussion goes because yeah. we are vastly different people and so like, like you're saying and this is true and i'm not like just saying because that's what you said but i i do see myself in the character and even like when i am writing like you're going to eventually read the like novel thing that i'm working on the character is just me when yeah. I'm writing, when Which, I'm playing it, it's just me. It's how I would act. It's what I would choose. So I think the difference in approaching just the characters in general, and I feel like this is more of a therapy insight look at the two of us, <laughs> is you play a character. I play myself. Yes. Yeah. And and I can tell, like, I can tell people, because it might help, is that um, 
I do think that this is tied to the fact that I am demisexual. I think this is tied to the fact that I'm on the asexual spectrum and that it's hard for me to conceive of, like, this is a thing that people are, like, starting to look into, that, like, conceiving of self sometimes in romantic situations is very different for people who are ace, asexual spectrum. And so I think that that, I think personally that that's probably tied to that because, yeah, that's a thing. When you, so this is how my brain works. When you said demisexual, the thing that I imagine, you know, like all the drawings of like the um, different gods with like the multiple arms and they're in like the Zen poses, like all the arms around them. When you said I'm demisexual, yeah. that's the image of this is you with like the multiple arms and like the light in the yeah, halo. I'm a, I'm a demigod. I, I'm, yeah, yeah, like yeah. demi was the part that I held onto of my mind. Yeah, <laughs> not yeah. not not and the other side anybody, of it but yeah if you want to explain that you in go case for anybody it. listening doesn't know so um in addition to like lgbt other lgbt different types of things there's the there's the asexual spectrum which um goes from sexual to asexual and in the middle is demisexual which is um Basically, there's also a, a, rom- a romantic spectrum as well that goes the opposite direction, which, uh, but we're not going to talk about that at this moment. Um, what the asexual spectrum goes on is how you experience sexual attraction. So whether, um, like, maybe lust is probably a good way people know that term. People who are on the sexual end are able to identify whether they are sexually attracted to someone, like, when you first meet them. You see somebody in a club and you're like, holy crap, I would love to sleep with that person. Or, you know, there's other things like that. People who are asexual tend to not experience sexual attraction. They don't find themselves, like, they're not interested in sex. That's They can be interested in other things, but potentially not sex. Um, demisexual people, it requires a emotional t- connection to experience sexual attraction often translates to, hey, it's really hard to figure out if I like someone until I've known them for a long time. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I like that person. Mm -hmm. And it means that uh, attraction can happen rare. It can be rare um, because you just don't know. And dating, you'd like, you can be like, somebody will be like, oh, it's been a couple dates. And I'm like, I still don't know if I like you yet. (laughs) I don't even know if I want to be here. (laughs) I don't know if I want to be here. I'm just going along as I go. But that's what demisexual is. Uh, It's less known, but there are a lot of people who are demisexual. So I think it's good to tell people because it's less talked about. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, it's interesting. This kind of also leans into what I want to do further for the show, but we'll talk about that at the end. Um, So I think we should actually get to the true topic, but first I want to send you a picture. This is exactly what I was thinking. (laughs) The demigod with the... I think this is so nice that we can see... Yeah, that's... I knew that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. not the Venturi man, but like the 70 arms like behind the demigod. Yeah, apparently yeah. that that is um like a status of being a goddess having a lot of arms. Yeah, can you mm-hmm, imagine mm-hmm. the arm wrestling competitions? Anyways, oh that was a that was the most hack joke I have ever told in my life. Yeah, pretty bad. <laughs> that pretty was bad. the Keep most going. hack joke I've ever told. Okay, um, so I guess in my mind because this is me, the character who's living through these things, 
is um like romance and games exists like it, it it does kind of exist as like some of the more like problematic things that we talked about especially in the last episode nice guy mm-hmm. which is why i wanted to do this episode next is because yeah. like the things that we talked about is like a transactional relationship and that's what a game relationship feels like is your gift giving to like soften a character up like you're it's like finding out or looking at a guy to find out what this character likes and you're doing exactly what they want in order to get something from them or saying or doing the right things in order for this character to like you and i think this is actually pointed out and done well in the life is strange um first games of the series like at the end like you have a conversation with like this version of yourself and who's pretty much like scolding you for the choices you make over the games like oh yeah you had the power to rewind so you would know the right things to say to a person and you manipulated everybody into liking you and that's kind of what it feels like it's like you're doing the right things it's like i could get just going through the playthrough not knowing and if the thing doesn't happen if you don't say the right things then the relationship doesn't happen because that's like how life is reflected but the way that games exist now with guides and stuff and also like you can have save states and stuff to go back and fix the problems that you had and do like redo it does make it cheaper to me in my mind it's like okay we're doing these specific things to get you to like me and to like like holding the door and expecting someone to fuck you type of thing and that that's kind of how it exists in my mind a lot of times with these games it's like you're you're doing these romance options as a transactional thing you're saying this thing because you know that's what the person wants to hear you're doing this thing you're giving this gift to this thing because you know that's what they want and then like the other thing like sometimes in games there will be like a specific quest that you have to do in order to like get to a certain point in the relationship and if you do this quest and you do the right things during this quest to that person will want you more and it just it is again if it to me because i do play it in a certain way it does reflect those things that like we talked about especially in this last episode yeah i think okay there's multiple things to break down here I think we should take it step by step here. So let's talk. Can we talk about some of the like specific mechanics and like reference some examples in this case? Like that would probably be helpful. So let's talk about gift giving for a second. So in this is the most like pernicious one, I think, in video games that is incredibly transactional. Um And there are ways that it can seem better or worse, I think. Um, But part of it is for most, I think that part of it that makes it seem even worse is that often in relationships, you do not have a foundation. Most relationships aren't foundation, uh, formed on a foundation of gift giving. That is um, not the primary means for a relationship to start or continue like i uh there's a lot of different ways relationships and yes they may involve like someone buying you dinner or something like that but they aren't it's like some people can do that whatever floats your boat but i think that a lot of relationships aren't just exclusively formed on gift giving which is why it makes it uncomfortable for us that 
you use the video games use gift giving as a way to just force the hand of that gifts equals uh, romantic attraction thing. So that's a problem I think that we can all yeah. get behind, that I can get behind as well that it gets particularly games that that's the only way that you can increase romantic attraction. Well, I I think I think I think Skyrim has a bit of gift giving in it too. I haven't um, got too far, but would you say that Stardew also has the same type of thing? So the thing I was going to say as the next part of it is that I think that for me a slight difference does come in when it's for friendship. Stardew is a very simplistic game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not meant to, I don't think it, I don't think you could introduce romance without having a simpler mechanism for which it happens. Yeah. Um, but I would, what I would say is that it's not just romantic partners that you get through gift giving, it's friends. So the two, so how Stardew works is that you can give people two gifts a week and there's a range of whether they like them or not and you learn that through time and you have to talk to them every day. And you could just increase your hearts by talking to them every day and going to events. I I didn't know. And yeah, you can. It's much slower. It's much slower, but... And um, and you get more hearts, you get more friendship points for um, giving them a gift on their birthday. Um, well, well and I guess that but, does kind. Of, I mean, we are already both admitting that, like, yeah, romance options solely based on gift giving are a problem, and they do kind of seed that for people who are a little bit more naive and think, oh yeah, relationships with video games also reflect relationships in real life, but like. You could say that is kind of an issue that, like, ah, yes, a relationship goes much faster in Stardew if you give a bunch of gifts rather than just talking and being a good friend. Yeah, but what I what I think the difference is between, for me, from Stardew to other older video games that rely on gift giving, I feel like Fable had this as part of it, was gift giving, um, is that... Those scenes with the romance and non-romance characters are start off and do not become romantic until the very end. So um, the first like three, like, so the two heart, the two heart scene, the four heart scene, the six heart scene, and usually almost the eight heart scene are friendship scenes. None of them are at all romantic. They are never romantic until you ask someone to be your part, like girlfriend boyfriend and then you have a romantic scene so one day so and there are friendship scenes that you can get with non-player real characters so do you see what i'm saying with the with stardew how it's slightly different for me which because like i think games like like i don't like how romance is done in um skyrim because basically and i think fable is very similar which is that you give and you you get you give them stuff and you throw stuff at them and you just get the option to say hey let's get married and they'll be like sure but that's not really how it works in Stardew you you learn more about them and you become friends with them and then they're and then they're they change as you become friends with them it's how you become friends with everyone and that friendship builds over time mm-hmm. and it takes 
And I think even if you're, like, going at two, two gifts a week, it still takes actively, like, several seasons before you can even consider, get, even get high enough to get to eight hearts. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that that's, that's the difference for me. Does that make, yeah, sense? That makes sense? Yeah, but I, okay. but I know there that's... are a lot of games that are, like, the main way. And, I mean, this happens in Fire Emblem, too. It's like, it's... And, like, yeah, you could... It's the same thing as Stardew, but only like like yeah. If you t- you can talk to the person every like free period or whatever. I think it's like once a week, yeah. and that will raise it. But it does raise much slower than if you um than if you God, my brain just died. Sorry. Then if you gift them stuff or like give them stuff, it goes much faster that way. And I and I and I think that like. It is a problematic way to present relationships. Like, oh yeah, if you give gives people gifts, then they will fall in love with you. And I think even on a friendship side, like, oh yeah, if you just constantly give your the way to win people over is through money and through objects. And I don't think that's a way to reflect relationships. Period. Yeah. Well, I don't, and I think as well. I don't know if starting because I think. For me, Stardew is so simple that that's why it's yeah. it's harder to conceive of how you would do it otherwise. I'll give Stardew um, a pass because it's made by one dude. It's just yeah, one dude I, who did all of that. You kind of can, <laughs> can cut corners. You're also that's not the main point of that's yeah, not the yeah, main yeah, point yeah, of yeah, the yeah. game. <laughs> and the fact is, is that like I'm I'm I I have over 200 hours in Stardew Valley, man. I have 250 hours in Stardew Valley currently. I have just recently started a new playthrough and I am very well experienced so that I can handle both farming and talking to people every day and giving them gifts and doing other things at the same time. And I'm in my first year in fall and I'm not eight hearts with anyone yet. I have been actively making friends with everyone and I still Mm. haven't made eight hearts with people. So it takes a long time because there's other stuff to do. Um, but I, I think the thing I dislike, yes, I dislike gifting interactions in other games because they're a lot more personal focus. Like part of it is like the whole point of Stardew is to farm, is to farm. Yeah. Yeah, That's the primary focus of that. And like most games. So that's, but but I'm also saying like 90% of games are, well, okay, not 90. A lot of the games are, and then a lot of the games that I've been thinking of are not the main purpose of a relationship, but that is part of it. But that doesn't take away from the fact that like sometimes it does feel a little bit icky because it is a lot of like gift giving. And the, the other thing I think is like that that transactional thing of like oh yeah if you do blink then you get sex or relationship and i know that's like yes. a thing that exists that's- in like the witcher if you do if you are a specific way then you are rewarded for it in a sexual way so yeah so um i agree with what you're saying is that in other games where they have more focus which is most other games have more focus on talking with people and you have companions or other people like there's social interactions where social interactions are a thing which is everything you said with fire emblem and stuff like that it's not romances things but that social interactions are more gift giving feels icky to me because there's no point like i'm okay if it's like um 
if it's maybe one gift, because I know several games, particularly Bioware games, will have it be that you give, you have one thing that you give someone that is meaningful to Mm -hmm. them. Like, like, I'll give the example of Dragon Age Inquisition because I know it really, really well, is that Dorian, you give him, basically you help him get back a pendant that he pawned off when he was leaving and he wants it back because it's his family's like signet and you give him that. And that's the only item you give him in the game and everybody has a specific thing and it has a deep meaning to them. That's that I'm okay with because you're helping someone like you're giving someone yeah, something see, that means yeah, a lot that makes to them. More since the like something is, Oh yeah. They like a specific type of fish. Give them this fish and they will fuck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's the whole difference is like, oh, I've given someone 15 fish this week and now they love me versus I gave someone, oh, I think it's like another person. You give them like a set of gloves or something like that in a different game and the gloves have deep meaning to them. And it's like, okay, so there's there's a difference in those two things. Before we get to the next topic here, let me just twist this for you in a funny way that I'm thinking where it's just like, yeah, there is a specific item that you get that you need to give to the person and that's like the thing that will like win them over for you it's like can you imagine it's like oh yeah you have to fight through like a freaking dragon climb up the top of a mountain get this one rock and that's all you need it's like you have no clue what i have just been through just to get you (laughs) to smile at me holy crap i killed a dragon there was so much blood there was so there was so much blood we lost 300 men trying to get this pendant for you yeah i think as well you're absolutely right about the transactional nature where it's quest because skyrim has that i know skyrim has that i hate skyrim romance because you you do one quest for a person and then you put on a pendant and they're like hey you want to you want to get yeah and it's just and they're like sure and and i think that does kind of lean into what we were saying in nice guy is like this ideal of like if you do blink you deserve a relationship or sex with that person and that's not how relationships work and like skipping ahead really quick and we can go back to the other stuff and i think a way to do it in a game would be like yeah you can say and do all these things but there is still a chance for you to not be able to get in a relationship with the person I think that's a better way to, yeah, and I think that's a good way to do it. It's like, oh yeah, you can do this, and they still like, no, I just see you as a friend. Sorry, it is like, I think that's way healthier than it being. It you can jump through all these hoops, and no matter what, you'll still get the relationship. So Fallout Four, I wrote it before this. I haven't played Fallout Four, telling everybody, but uh, before we did this, I I went through a bunch of games that I know, and Fallout Four. This is another thing that I like about romance. There's certain types of romance games. I, there's certain things I like, and I will tell this in a second, which makes it slightly different for me. Which, But Fallout, basically, the person with the highest companionship status then can be a romance option. And to do that, um, to initiate a romance with someone, you have to make a charisma or a persuasion attempt. Okay. And it's based on your charisma. And it's basically like, you know, D&D, persuasion role, like persuasion yeah. check, that there's a chance that you fail. And it's like you're gambling whether you fail or not. And like, yes, you can save and try again and try again. But th- that still is an element of naturally no. Like, yeah, you're good friends with a person doesn't mean they're going to be attracted to you. 
And I think that's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, not saying that I would not just save and try again and try again, because I don't want to have to play a game multiple times. And I liked, and I'm playing it for the romance. Let's be honest here. Let, that's part of what I do. It's, I fully admit that. But, but not everybody's playing for the romance. And you, who plays it as the character, you would probably love that. Because you're just playing as you feel at your way through the game. Yeah. And maybe you want that. And I think that's really cool. But I will say that um, you're right about the quest thing because that absolutely forms that transactional nice guy problem. But the one thing that I do like in video games, the only, like, one of the things I like is the um, how you build companionship, friendship in certain games where it's based on your interactions overall. So that, like, it's the, like, so-and-so approves. This person also disapproves at the <laughs> so, same so time. And so this. it's like you have Doom. to... Like the telltale yeah, way. <laughs> so most Bioware games have this. Um, newer Bethesda games have this, where it's as you're doing things, some people like that, some people don't, which means you could affect both ways. And it depends on who you have out with you or who you don't have out with you. Like, it's a whole, it's a whole, like, you have to think about and you can't, you can cater to one person, but that may mean you're having a worse relationship with someone else who you want to be friends with. So I think that's a, I, I, I like that more as a realism for social social interactions because it means that somebody like me can who wants to play for a specific romance can do that but someone like you can have a more natural experience of playing a game and not everybody will like you and maybe you could just choose what you want and maybe it'll take either longer for you to have that romance option or that might a romance option might not be available yeah. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, game systems other than that where it is incredibly transactional in that it's just you do a quest and everybody gets the option, you can always romance that person. Unless it's like a romance that's built through scenes, It's it, <laughs> it feels really um, underwhelming. Because you should always be invested, I think, in a romance. You should always be invested in your character. Like your I like for a romance to be good, you should feel... Like, there's there's feelings there. And and a lot of video games don't do that. They just have the flip a switch, suddenly you get a kiss, suddenly yeah. you're in a relationship, suddenly you're married, and it's like, was I even friends with this right? person? Did this person even like me? Yeah, and so. it's also like, I skipped all your dialogue, yet you still love me? What? <laughs> yeah. Which is like, I think a bit of the difference between The Witcher 3 and The Witcher 2, where you do have that here, like I did this quest, I'll give you sex, versus The Witcher 3, which the entirety of The Witcher 3 is about the romance. But like, let's be honest, The Witcher 3 is a romance game, people. <sighs> it truly is. It's the, the One of the biggest part of the game is your choice between Yennefer and Triss. Come on. I, like. I also so I forget what game it was, but there was one where like you could like try that quest to get them as many times as you wanted to. And it's just like, bro, if they still don't love you after you've done this quest five times, they're never going to love you. Stop. <laughs> it's it's like, please, no. please do everybody who's like involved here, do everybody a favor. Please stop. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know, and I, I think. Yeah a lot of this we have solved out like a lot of the issues but i'm saying like i think a good way for games to do it would be like yeah regardless of like how hard you're gunning for the character 
still can be like, oh, no, I don't see you in that way. Because because that that's more reflective of real life. Because if you do, it's like, okay, you do these things and it's guaranteed no matter what. It takes away the agency from a character. And I get the point. It's like, oh, yeah, it's a video game. It's fake. The characters shouldn't have or don't have agency because they're not real. But, again, a lot of people take what they play, take what they read, take what they watch, and they apply it to their own life. And if you're getting this thing, it bleeds into the nice guy syndrome where it becomes, well, I did everything and this person doesn't like me still. It's their fault, not mine. I don't mm. know. I, I get, I, I do get that. I also, I agree with it because, okay, the thought, I, let me walk through this, is it's what's happening in my brain is that I play games for the romance and so I still want to be able to do that. Yeah. So I like the idea of it being possible for there to be the op. Yes, I like the I like the idea of it being possible for them to be able to turn you down because I do think that that's real. I also still need it to be able to save yeah, yeah, so that I can play. Yeah, you can do lives. it a million yes. okay, times, great. but I think that still creating the option where it won't is not a guarantee. Like I don't know. I just. I see, I see the issues that lie with these types of things. And I'm not saying it's all games. And I'm not saying yeah. that all games do romance wrong. I think there are games that do, can do romance right. And I think that, like, yeah, if you're playing a character and the character's arc is to have a romance with this other character, sure. Well, yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's that I think I don't think it needs to be to have a romance arc. I think it's that you should have the option to romance or not to romance and that you should be able to feel like there is a bit of, if for someone like you have a natural progression of relationship options yeah. um and and i think key is that if i think personally key to having it seem way more natural is to have scenes of friendship before having like building up a friendship before having a romance because part of the thing with these games is that most of them are under conditions where you wouldn't be romantic yeah. at all so what helps like i know we all like enemies to lovers here we but like issue is is that friends to lovers makes way more sense in every single video game possible i'm sorry it does because you're under stressful situations you got to build up friends yeah. first before you build up your yeah. lovers. Uh, yeah, because so, that's like yeah. life if you're not friends or at least have some sort of connection with the person before you try for a relationship. It's usually not going to work. But also, we all yeah. love enemies to lover like Kim Possible and Shigo. That's my ship. I... What? No, I still. I'm sorry. I was Ron and Kim Possible Kim and all Shigo, the way, all the way. Because I, first of all, Shigo, perfect, great. You, you, you yeah, well, yeah, you, you, you love that. a woman who's kind of mean to you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> I, I think as well. Part of the thing, um, back on the romance front, though, that that I that I like two is a game that will have different types of romance in a game um i like i like when not everybody not every romance option is bisexual mm -hmm. yeah. um when you can have a variety also i like when the relationships start differently yes now 
God damn it. I always have to... I feel bad about throwing it up. But Dragon Age Inquisition, part of the reason I love it so much, is that some people you start as a casual sex relationship. Some people... It's like you are... You are solid. You are like in a committed relationship from the get-go. Some people you have sex with. Some people you don't. Like there are multiple characters in that game who you don't have sex with in the game. Like, which I'm like, that's awesome that you don't have, that there's not all the characters have a sexual relationship. That's cool. Um, yeah, I just, I also that if you ask someone who is a romance character for an opposite gender, sometimes they, they respond hmm. differently. So like there's a scene with Cassandra. If you're a yes. woman who has been flirting with her, where she will pull you aside and be like, Hey, I'm not attracted to you that way. I'm really sorry. Or Cullen will, if you flirt with him, be like, ah, sorry, I don't swing that way. Um, like there's different characters react differently, which is how another way to get it to make feel yeah. more natural in mm-hmm. a way. So- I, I do also like the idea of like having, characters romantic characters in games like having preferences and having like because again it gives agency to the character if like they have like their preference and etc 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 rather than just like no matter who you are this character is going to go for you if you're nice for them yeah i don't know i i, yeah. I like i, like, I know their games easier, in their it's but... fiction and stuff but like having realism two relationships and characters i think will probably help solve some of the social issues we have in america i absolutely yeah. agree and like as you can see by my as a person who loves romance my love for dragon age is the fact that i love it is because the characters are i, I hate the fact i'm bringing it up so much but it's like because i identify literally so much with the characters and my other friends who identify so much with the characters because they have relatable stories is that your companion characters are people you become friends with and you become and that and that's like helpful like for people particularly like if you have like it can help solve social issues and stuff like that you can work through things on your own like the video games can do that which is awesome and as you said as well can help solve that because i will say and i haven't said that yet even though i'm currently being the defender of romance most, I will firmly say, most romance in video games prior to these couple of other games that I've mentioned that do a decent job are fucking atrocious. Atrocious. Firmly said, atrocious. I wish there were more games that had romance in them. I wish they were good because I love it so much. The few games I have. But there aren't as many and that's why I'm bereft of games. And please send me your recommendations if you have any. Um, send you recommend? No, I yeah. can't. <laughs> we don't. We you don't can. like I the same be... type of games, and that's fine. Absolutely um, can not. I? Can I? Since we're like, I think we're kind of wrapping up this discussion. Can I tell you about the romance in a game that I like so hard noped out of, and it just was hilarious proportions yeah. at the end. Um. So, so I played the game behind behind. Beyond Two Souls with Elliot Page and um, I think Willem Dafoe and a bunch of other like famous actors in this game, and uh, who you wow. everybody knows at this point. I have a I've had a huge crush on Elliot Page all the way back to the Juno days, <laughs> like, yeah. all the way back to those days. <laughs> so so uh, even before that, anyways. Um, so so there in this game, there's like you, you know you're like 
the whole game is about like you're attached to the spirit and like you work for this like paranormal agency like you know trying to like stop spirit etc 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 you're like kind of a weapon for the government and then you run away etc 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 but throughout the game there is like this romance with like one of the fbi agent guys who's like cia whatever guys who's kind of like they're like you know he's at first he's like oh yeah the guy who gives you the hard times like oh do we really need her for these missions etc etc and then like you know eventually you two warm up to each other and you fall in love but in my mind i was like well first this guy's been a dick to me starting off so why would i like immediately start ha like having romantic feelings from no you're not gonna do the bully me and then we you actually like me thing so i'm like no i'm gonna stick to it's like i don't like you and i don't like the way you treat me <laughs> and then it keeps pressing on so there's a like, scene in an apartment where as the spirit you can be pretty much mess up the date between the person and he leaves and she's just upset and alone and it's like like, you know, I would rather that than being in a relationship with this dude. And then, <laughs> and then like, later, it keeps coming back. And then, finally, you go on a mission. You're brought back to the agency after running away for so long. And you go on a mission with this guy. And at the end, like, you basically, it's a mission in Antarctica. And, like, you go underwater and, like, blow up the, like, secret base. And you both escape through the submarine. And you're sitting on the beach in, like, you know, the Arctic freezing cold and like you start talking about your relationship together and so there's the point in a normal playthrough where you'd be like okay yeah this whole time i do admit my feelings for this guy and like i think you share a kiss on the beach as like the rescue team arrives and it's like a very cute scene or you could do what i did and the guy admits his feelings for you and you'd be like yeah, no, I don't feel the same. And instead of having to see, uh, like, this cute scene of kissing on the beach and the rescue team, you sit there in utter silence for the rest of the time as the rescue team shows up. So it's just me bitterly just like, I don't like you. And he'd be like, well, I like you, and I'm sorry. And it's like, no! And so, yeah, it's a complete, yeah, oh and it, like, God. literally pans out and fades out as you are both sitting in complete and utter silence on this frozen beach waiting to die. And like, oh, yeah, we're about to die like freezing to death and the rescue team might not show up so let's tell our feelings for each other i'm just like no <laughs> it sounds definitely like a game that i would like because it's telling a story and you're watching a story play out and it's not jordan's game because jordan doesn't have enough choice because i i like the fact that you could just the entire time like deny the relationship. it's like there's a relationship here and even yeah. in the end like you could choose to like stay with this guy and like that or you could stay with certain other people or you could stay alone and i think in one playthrough i went back and stayed with like the one family that you meet and then the other playthrough i went and it's like no fuck everybody i'm staying by myself oh my <laughs> but i never chose the romance option but that that was that was one of me one of the funnier um things in a game was just like sitting on the beach it's like oh yeah it's like hey i love you it's like we can like work this out it's like Nah! <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah. So sometimes romance and video games can be very fun for me. But the thing yeah, is, you're like, oh, yeah, well, it tells a story. The story I wanted to tell was very much different from the story that you would probably want to tell going into. <laughs> where it's like this person, like, yeah, you're not yeah. going to, like, be mean to me. And then suddenly it's like, oh, yeah, I've liked you this whole time. It's like, no, you were a dick. Leave me alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing which like I really don't like yeah. bully romances, but that kind of sounds like it was uh maybe meant to be on the verge of it, not it, being a bully romance tomorrow. Yeah, it was supposed to be romance. that. But, like he's like the older mentor dude. I, he's like, Oh yeah, well she can't handle this shit. And then it's like, Oh well no, I see your value the whole time. I just didn't want you to get hurt type thing. 
I hate it. I hate it. It's like, no, yeah. don't so freaking afraid. talk to me if you're going to be mean so to me. It's like, no, I have the power. I can literally decapitate you with my mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's that you don't have other options. Anyways. Yeah. But no, it's <laughs> romance. I think, I think we did like, it is good to be like, yes, there's, I think we do need that option for them to say no. Or have you either have to have so detailed out a story that you can play that people can play different stories in the way they want, or you have to give them the option that it won't happen the way you think it does. Yeah, well, I so. mean, I don't know, and I also like the idea that like characters, both in media, etc. Sorry, in movies, TV, other media, and then video games can just be friends. And I do like the shows and stuff where it's like this these characters who are so very close that they are just best friends and i like and i like that take and i think that like having a thing where it turns out that it's like yeah it's not the a ro- it doesn't butt into a romance but they are still like very very close friends i think that is another option that can present itself to make these games less cringy yeah which actually goes <laughs> goes into my thing for this week uh but uh, we'll get to that I mean, are we good in this? I think we covered what we wanted to talk about. I think we're good. I think yeah. That up top just say the they the right things up top say like oh yeah it's like we just view these things differently was probably the best way to lead into that. We do exactly, which is I think it's good to realize for both of us that we both view how and we're like two different sides of a coin of how you can see video games. They're both immersive for both of us, but for very very different ways. Yeah, and. Yeah, and that's okay, people. Remember, any way you conceive of video games is is okay, and I think that you can, you can like, you can like video game romance and still think that there's bad and good. Yeah, good. yeah, you so, can, you can yeah. like, you can like, you can like video game romances, and you can go through, jump through all the hoops and stuff, and like, you know, fi- get the one person that you were gunning for from the beginning, re- regardless of what your reasonings are, you can do that. But also, the thing is, and I know that our audience aren't the people that need to be hearing this, but the thing is, you need to remember that there is a separation between the way that romances work in yeah. video games and the way that romances work in real life. We talked about this on the Nice Guys episode, oh, and I'm going to say it again here regardless of how nice you are and what gifts or what you do for a person that does not guarantee a relationship with them they still have every right to say no i just see you as a friend or no i'm not interested in you period regardless of what you do remember that that is very important and and second up to that if you're one of those people like me and jordan who know that or like me particularly who knows that this isn't how romance works in real life you have to put in time and energy and people can still say no remind your friends that because your friends may not know that and may have different conceptions of that and not realize or have been taught or have gone through life for some reason thinking that it operates differently Take them aside and let them know. Don't assume they know if they're talking about these things, these types of things, because they might not. And make sure to call them out. That goes for both sides of the coins. For the people who are like gunning for someone, it's like, oh yeah, they're going to love me, and I'm, I, if they're gonna love me, I have to do all these things, and make sure that yeah. they know that 
maybe that's not always the case. Or the person who is someone's going after and like make sure that they know yep. like you don't have to say yes to this person just because they are coming for you. And there's a better way to say that. But yeah, you're not obligated to say yes. Yeah, you are not responsible for their feelings. Yes, exactly. You do not I, owe I, anybody anything. Just a reminder, tell your friends if they don't know, because you never know when they don't know. And you people assume a lot of stuff. So all in all, videos and videos, play the videos, play them how you want to. Everybody plays video games differently. And then yeah. also remember that video games and other media do not reflect real life. Yeah, I feel like that's good tenants for this show we should get on a t-shirt it's a good way to end the season it's what it's like media does not reflect real life yeah it's yeah. like enjoy your media. yeah i think actually that goes for everything we've said in this season so far enjoy your media but no it does not reflect real life but also impacts how people think about themselves that yes. is the other part of it yes so and also yeah. yeah um yeah, and if there's a ro romance or a video game that you don't want, destroy that person like I destroyed that poor man on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess yeah. really quick, I will say my favorite um, romance in a video game was Monica from Doki Doki. So, oh, fuck off. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. The people that are actually obsessed with Monica do scare me. <laughs> That's what It's they... very dangerous. <laughs> I think they need to, I think, one, maybe see some counseling. Otherwise, maybe check out your local kink community and see if that's that helps you. Yes, I want a girl who will literally kill to be with me. This <laughs> is like, oh, maybe not. You might need to look into like power authority. Kink. Oh, yeah, though, no, there's people who post videos of like, oh, yeah, I'm still in that scene with um, Monica three years later. We're still together. Oh, yeah, it's I like, remember that. I remember stop. that. It's like, please, it's creepy. please leave. Yeah, it's it's very scary. It is very, it's very, very scary. scary. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, but Doki, look up Doki Doki Literature Club and look up um the character monica um just spoilers monica. yeah it's just look Only up monica. sorry look up just monica just just monica, monica. um anyways we are closing out the um season and before uh yeah i think i'll do this before we do the uh, actually we'll do it after we do the what have we been watching what? leah what have you been watching or reading um, or playing uh i've been reading something so i've Smart. been uh what I said no, smut. No, not this time. God damn it. No, this is, um, I, it might turn into smut. Who knows? Um, I have been reading the book called, um, Heaven, Heaven's Official, Heaven, Official's Blessing. It's a Shenshia, um, novel. Uh, done by the same person who did the Grandmaster of Demonic Cultivation, which has the like the show. It has a show you can mm -hmm. watch it on Netflix. Um, called Untamed. Uh, the Untamed. It was a Chinese show. It's basically it's a male male book. Both of them are, and I really like the writer. She does a very good job. And part of, if you've never read a Shenxia, um genre book, it's about like cultivation. And these people are like, basically you cultivate until you become gods or like cultivation gives you like supernatural powers and stuff like that. And it's very, it's very in depth. It's very like unique. If you haven't found a way into it, uh, the 
book I we recommended last time, which is The Daughter of the Moon Goddess, is a good way to get into that because it's it's kind of like got those similar vibes. Um and it's and it's more an intro for Western audiences. But uh this one, the author is just like, I really like how how she conceives of pe- like writing and how she conceives of character and how she does character development. And part of the thing I've realized about these books that I really like um, is that often in these male-male romances, you... I really like that the main character doesn't conceive of the potential partner as a potential partner. So in female-male romances, it's always, always that you can like that someone will view someone as a sexual or romantic partner from the get-go. Like, that they can, they'll see them as, like, a potential because they're a male. Like, if it's your a woman lead, that they're male, so they could be a potential sexual partner. Like, they frame it in a view of sexual attraction versus often in these male-male ones, they're, um, they're not. They're just friends or they're enemies or they're whatever conceived, whatever, but it's never romantic. And then at some point they realize, this goes back to being demisexual. I, absolutely, it does. This is what I've realized. But it's Leah just had a therapy point, session with herself. <laughs> no, I've had, I've realized this before. This is part of the whole thing is that this, what I talked about with friend, um, is that you, some point through the book they go, oh shit, I actually like you. But it's like on a found, it's like on a super foundation of friendship and like awesomeness. And it's great. It's so satisfying. So satisfying to read. <laughs> because there's no attachment of gender roles or whatever yeah. or like other preconceptions. Even if you're not demisexual, you'll enjoy it because there's not these other preconceptions that this person could be a sexual partner. It's amazing. Anyways, and I really like how this author does it. Um, yeah, that's I, cool. I really like her writing style. That's cool, man. That's cool. Um, I mean, one, I, I think it's a good idea. The other, I think that um, I just had this idea and this has nothing to do with what you just said. I think we should just do a full episode where you sit down and you um, talk me through all of like your fandoms, both that and like K-pop, just so we can finally get it all out. <laughs> because like, yeah. I was, I was thinking, because you were talking, it's like, yeah, this sounds exactly how you talk to me when you talk about K-pop stuff. And I'm just sitting here, it's like, yeah, it sounds good. I have no clue what's happening, but it sounds great. <laughs> it's like, it wow. sounds cool. <sighs> at least you responded better than sometimes you do he just goes oh that's that's great and i, I like don't know. me on the head like a child i don't mean to be doing that but i just don't know what to say because it's like so different from the world that i live in and it's like it sounds cool but i don't know what hey. you're talking about when i look at k-pop i don't see the same things that you and my other friends who really love just k-pop think see. about it that it's pop Okay, yeah. It, it was right? very funny because like I was like making fun of my friends for like their K-pop stand stuff, and then I like stopped. I'm like, oh shoot! It's like this is exactly yeah. how I act for my favorite band, where yeah, it's like it I'm is. going to go see my favorite band three times next month. Yeah, you are. Yeah, <laughs> it's so. not like they're doing different sets. It's the same set every time, but I'm seeing <laughs> them three times next month. There's also the difference between a $30 ticket and um, a $500 ticket. I'm just saying, K-pop fans. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I... Which is why, like, uh, punk bands is, like, indie rock scene is much better, like, wallet-wise than K-pop. Because I'm not ever going to spend 
$500 on a freaking ticket to go or see Or conceive of those like. people who go to the fan, fan signings and to get into those fan or those fan meetings, you have to buy a max, like you have to be the top buyer of albums. So you just buy like 500 copies of an album. Like, which is crazy to me because like, what? like people's like, oh yeah, I have like six of this album. I'm like, what are you talking about? I have one so album get, for it's like of so each of get albums for each of the bands. I like, why do you have six? And also, Spotify exists now. Crazy, it's crazy. I have never done that for even though I like a group very much, but like, yeah, it's crazy. I I, 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 I mean, look, I appreciate your love for your things because. You also have never once judged me for my sheer, just almost psychotic love for my favorite band, Pop. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fact yeah. that, like, two years in well, a row, I my also, Spotify top five songs were all Pop. I, I also have never paid $500 for yes. to go to a K-pop concert. And if the K-pop concert that I want to go to this summer costs that much, I'm not fucking going. That's not going to happen. All the merch I've bought combined with all the tickets I've bought for this band still doesn't hit 500 <laughs> that's crazy it's too, like and i have that's like crazy. four four different t-shirts it we don't have to talk about my fandom that's not the thing i've been listening or watching hasn't yeah. just been pop so i wanted to again mention horizon forbidden west which i have a horizon zero dawn tattoo on my right leg um inner leg and the thing is, why are I you want specifying to, like, where it is? I want to. It doesn't matter where it is. I I know I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I want to like this game so much, and I do like this game. I do like playing this game. I like the story so far. But one game's too effing big, where it gets to the point where there's just so much to do in this game, and there's also now they've done what every other AAA game does, and they put stuff that like. I never want to do in a game. It's like, oh, hey, we have to find out where these races are and be a part of the races. It's like, I'm not going to race in this game. This is not a racing game. Why the hell would I ever want to race in this game? I hate races in games. There's I hate races in games that don't need races. In game. Like, if you want to buy, like, a Forza Horizon and, like, drive fast cars, have that in a Forza game. Don't have racing in Horizon. There is no reason to have racing in this game. But there's just so much to do in this game. And it gets to the point where it's like, I am however many hours in, but haven't played any of the story because there's so much. And when you have a gigantic map like it does, it makes it so that like the story beats are spaced out so far across the map. Where it's just like, I'm now going all the way across the map and not spend, actually spending time in these areas because I'm running across the map to do these specific things. That was the thing that Assassin's Creed Origins did that sucked. And that was the thing that this is kind of doing that's kind of like, look, the other game was also huge. But it was manageable that each area had a ton to do. Not like, oh, yeah, story mission, and then you're never going to be back in this area ever again. Yeah. And I think, I think you're very right on that front. I think, I think open world games should be smaller rather than larger. Yeah. And they keep, and that's the thing, but the trend is to keep making them larger and larger and larger and larger and larger. And it's just like, I am now an adult with a, like, I, I mean, I've had a job before, but I, like, with a, like, 
high intensity job, living in a city where I'm trying to get out and do more things in my community and trying to like do more things with friends and spending more time with like people rather than by myself playing video games. So I don't have much time. I really only have Saturday mornings to play video games and that the game is so freaking huge. It takes away from that time that I get to spend in it. But I do love Horizon, yeah. and I think it's great. It's graphically beautiful. Some of the weapons are really fun. Oh, also, there's way too many weapons in this game. I have, like, like 20 weapons, and I only use four of them. Four. Uh, and it's just, like, there's a lot of good, but there's a lot of annoying in the game. And the annoying is, like, what's, like, slowly turning me off. And it's, like, I, I love this. This is, one like, Horizon Zero Dawn was one of my favorite games ever. This is, like hitting the like okay this is probably going to be forgettable for me i wonder if these side things i gotta say some of these size things are reminding me of the fact that potentially this is making it harder for people who don't play video games to get into video games because it's making it more difficult for people to usually they involve less tutorials and there's less knowledge that you have and so it's relying on people having implicit knowledge of how to play video games rather than um, giving people direct knowledge of how to play it, which puts people who have never played video games before at a disadvantage, which can often be people who aren't in the the video game sphere or often can be people who economically haven't had access to it, which is unfortunate. Well, it's also, like, overwhelming, too. Like, you, get the, you hear this game that everybody keeps talking about, and then you get in this game, and it's gigantic. Gigantic. And it's like, oh yeah, this is going to take you 70 hours to beat if you want to do all the extras. And it's like, I don't have 70 hours to spend in Also, it does not sound like a fun game for me because that's, I need story and that's too far away for me to have story. Yeah. So, so and also like, again, Horizon did the horrible thing of like their, their release dates are horrible where they, the first one, um, Zero Dawn came out like a week or two before Breath of the Wild which I didn't have a Switch at the time, so it didn't affect me. But this one came out a week before Elden Ring, which is like, everybody's playing Elden Ring, everybody's talking about Elden Ring, and it's like, and I'm over here playing Horizon. I want to be playing and talking about Elden Ring, not Horizon. <laughs> because yeah. like Elden Ring does the thing, and we can end this episode soon, I'm sorry. But Elden Ring does the thing where it's like a very D&D thing, and it's more based on like your type of build and like what you go for on like these different things rather than like a set point throughout the game and that's yeah gets more people into it you can create your own character you can look how you want you can follow the path that you want and i and i like that idea a lot more these days than some of these other story games well yeah that's what i'm saying is that having too broad an option often is is over is like too much for people you have to have if you give people options they are much more likely to be able to choose from that rather than giving people um, a limited choice. Yeah. Anywho, that's what I've been doing. So we're going to end the episode, but I do want to talk about really quick seasons ending. Leah's yawning. Leah's giving me the sign that she's done and she wants me to shut up. But we are... evening. I yawn. We are are ending the season. So we had 10 episodes, including um, Nice Guy Syndrome and um, what was the other like big... Cultural Appropriation. Hmm? Oh, yeah, there we go. Cultural. Cultural appropriation and things like that. So we're ending that stuff. And what I've noticed, and I talked to this a little bit about Leah 
I talked about this a little bit with Leah the other day is like, I want to branch out a little bit more when it comes to diversity. Like, yeah, we're a white person, a black guy, a white female, black male talking about the diversity that is close to them. But I want to do a little bit more in the next coming seasons to cover things that we don't have experience, like to cover um, more gender stuff, to cover more um, disability stuff and things like that for for more diversity. So coming in next season, I think we're going to try to work that in a little bit more because I don't want this to become too one note when it comes to that. And these are things we don't have experience, so we're going to be reaching out to others and to guests to get that. So, I mean... That, that's where and but we're in the season on a good note i really enjoyed this i am i mean we're going to still be talking but i'm going to miss the hell out of leah because she's going to be doing something amazing for the next month and a half but yeah anything do you have to say leah no i'm well uh yeah it's been lovely and hopefully we'll bring back some guests we had this whatever or yes alex and glenn can come back fine yeah <laughs> yes um and i uh, yeah we'll hopefully see you guys again soon yeah, yeah as long as we don't lose this episode <laughs> yeah yeah as long as this episode doesn't sit on my desktop for three months instead of getting released like it did last time we promise everyone it'll be fine you'll know about our break this time yeah. <laughs> look one of my biggest regrets all right well thank you guys for listening please keep up with us next season we'll we will have announcements out when we're planning on coming back, but for now, at at the very least, a month hiatus. So, yeah. um, yeah, but yeah, we will talk to y'all soon. It's been great, and thank you for sticking with us for these ten episodes. Bye. Yep. Bye. Bye. Get out of here. Go home. You don't need to be here anymore. Get the. F- Why are you still here? Leave. Get out of here. Leave. We don't want you here. Go to bed. Go. Go to bed. Go to work. <laughs>